International Baptist College is a dynamic ministry of Tri-City Baptist Church in Chandler. IBC offers three Bachelor of Arts degrees and four graduate degrees. The professors at IBC desire to teach students how to think, live, and lead from a conservative biblical worldview. Whether you are pursuing a degree or laying a biblical foundation for your life, IBC will mentor you into ministry. Please check out our website at ibconline.edu or call 1-800-IBC-4858 for more information. You know, you've, you've been hiding inside the wickedness and the hate and the anger or something that you have for somebody else, but all of a sudden you just, it just blurts out, it comes out, and then you're ashamed that you said what you said, but it's who you are and it's what you were thinking, and now it's all on the outside. God has a way of revealing those things. Celeste Montague. Welcome to Dare to Stand, a radio ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church in Glendale, Arizona, featuring the teaching of senior pastor Dr. Kevin Shaw. Dare to Stand is on the radio to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to all who will listen, to carefully teach the truth of God's Word, and to encourage a healthy lifestyle of worshiping and honoring God. For more details about Dare to Stand or the ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church, please visit www.daretostand.org or call the church at 623-581-3115. You can receive a free MP3 copy of today's message or the entire series in MP3 format for a small fee by contacting the church. Today we continue our study in the book of Esther with more of a lesson titled God of Justice. We are at the point in the story where Esther exposes the wicked plot of Haman. And now the justice of the king and frankly the justice of God comes down from on high quickly. Let's listen as Dr. Kevin Shaw picks up our theme of the God of Justice by taking us now to the book of Revelation. to the last chapter in your Bible, the book of Revelation. This is one of those passages of Scripture that people kind of struggle at times with how it actually works. It says here, For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, if any man shall add to these words, God shall add him to the plagues that are written therein. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. You have the idea of names being removed from the book of life. Now, if having your name be in the book of life means that you're saved, and I do believe in a doctrine of eternal security, the idea that those who are, truly belie- who are true believers are believers forever. Eternal life is always eternal. I believe that with all my heart. I don't believe that just because you've prayed a prayer, or you think you have it, you have it. There will be many that say, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name and done all of these things? And they never had it. And so you come to this and you say, well, what is this about people's names being blotted out of the book of life? I hate to ruin whatever your favorite song is. You know, there's a new name written in glory. Here's my understanding of how this works. Everybody's name 
is written in the book of life till there comes the moment when there's no more opportunity for grace. The, the book, that's my understanding of it. That the name is in the book of life while grace is being extended. And once death comes, the opportunity for grace is over. And for some, there are times when even it's even before death, God simply chooses to withhold the convicting power of His Holy Spirit from someone who is rejected and rejected and rejected. The point here is that justice comes quickly. Things can turn in a moment. He is a God of justice. Justice reveals what is hidden. You know, um, one of the shocking things for people, especially young people who, uh, who don't have a lifetime of experience with sin, is to find out how easily God reveals things done in secret to the world. You're doing something. You think it's just you. It's just you and somebody else. No one will know. And then all of a sudden, everyone knows. But the Bible tells us things done in secret will be made known. Now, not everything. Sometimes in God's mercy and His goodness, He doesn't allow certain things to be made known. But what justice does is justice peels back the covers. That's what goes on in a courtroom. In a courtroom, uh, what the, the attorneys are supposed to be doing and the prosecuting and the, invest, and the investigations, they're peeling back all the lies. They're laying everything out. So all the things that are done in secret and everything that is confusing can be made known completely. In this particular case, justice reveals things that are hidden. For instance, Haman, it reveals the true value of human life to Haman. Haman has hidden in his own heart the idea that human life has no value whatsoever. And it has become something that, at least in Persia at this time, is something that is completely hidden. But the, these are people, Haman. These are not just slaves. These are human beings. And so it reveals what is hidden. It reveals the true wickedness of his heart. I, and the, the moment in this passage of Scripture, what is hidden is being made known is when Esther says this. She, said, she says to the king, O king, if I found favor in your sight, would you please let me live? Can you imagine what's going on in the king's mind at this moment? What do you mean, let you live? Of course I'm going to let you live. I'm offering you to the, the half of the kingdom. And, she's, and Esther, very wisely, and instead of setting herself up and trying to save herself as being distinct from the Jews, she identifies herself with her people and has the expectation that her fate will be the same as the fate of all the other of the children of Israel who are, are servants in the land of Persia. And she says, please give me my life. She said, listen, if he says, she says, we're sold and our people are going to be destroyed. She said, if, if you were just going to take us and make, take every, all of our possessions and make us slaves, I wouldn't have said anything to, to you, king. I would have just allowed it to happen. But we are, we're, I'm here pleading for my life and the life of my people. And King Ahasuerus answered and he said to Esther, the queen, who is he and where is he? Who does presume? And she looks to him and here's the turning point of the whole story. It's right here. She says, this wicked 
Haman. Now, what was secret to the king? See, this, this, this is a king that was functioning in a fog. He was letting people like Haman run his life. Haman said, listen, these people, the Jews, they're a problem. So I have this plan to get rid of them. Will you just sign, sign this here, king? He signs. I'll, I'll take care of it. I'll take care of all the funding of it. Okay, no problem, Haman. You take care of that. And see the people who were to the king not long before were just slaves. They were less than human. Now the king has Esther, a beloved queen, standing in front of him. And these people now to the king are no longer just slaves. They're people. They're people that are loved by other people. They're people of value. They're the nation of his, the nation that belongs to his queen, Esther. These, and he opens the eyes of the king to see the value of the human heart. And then his eyes now are open when he sees Esther and sees the danger that Esther is in. And Haman, of course, had no idea that Esther was a Jewess. And he sees, the, he sees the danger that Esther, Esther is in. He looks at Haman. And now Haman looks different to him. This trusted servant who looked so good to him before, so trustworthy and so faithful, now looks wicked. Because it is as if God turned Haman inside out. And let the evil that was within be worn on the outside. God, by the way, God can do that to any of us at any time. Did you know that? He can. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Have you ever been just, you know, you've been hiding inside the wickedness and the hate and the anger or something that you have for somebody else, but all of a sudden you just, it just blurts out, it comes out, and then you're ashamed that you said what you said, but it's who you are and it's what you were thinking, and now it's all on the outside. God has a way of revealing those things. And so God reveals, God's justice reveals the true wickedness of the human heart. Sometimes we don't even see ourselves as wicked. I have no doubt Haman here thought he was okay. Nothing wrong with him. I don't think Haman thought of himself as, as wicked in any way. He thought himself deserving. He thought the children of Israel, the Jews who were going to be punished, that his nation was deserving and he was just simply settling an old score. Haman saw himself as being the administer of, administrator of justice. But the wickedness of his heart shows the adversary and enemy is this wicked Haman. How those words, once Haman realized that Esther was a Jewess, must have sunk on his heart. Dr. Shaw will be back with more on God's swift justice. Stay tuned. You're listening to Dare to Stand with Dr. Kevin Shaw as we continue a study in the book of Esther and bring you more of a lesson titled God of Justice. Dare to Stand is a radio outreach of Northwest Valley Baptist Church. Please visit daretostand.org for more details about Dr. Shaw's church or this radio program. Now here's Dr. Shaw to invite you to consider an addiction recovery ministry going on at his church, Northwest, called Freedom That Lasts. Hello, this is Kevin Shaw. Are you or someone you know dealing with the agony of an addiction? 
You cannot change what you do until you let God change who you are. Freedom That Lasts is a discipleship ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church that applies the life-transforming principles of the gospel and Christian growth to the problems of life-dominating sins and addictions. All of this happens in an atmosphere of love and accountability. If you would like to know more information about this important ministry, give us a call at 623-581-3115 or visit our website at daretostand.org. Go to the homepage and click the Discipleship Connections button. Thank you, Dr. Shaw, and please contact Northwest Valley Baptist Church for more details about the Freedom That Lasts Addiction Recovery Ministry. 623-581-3115. Now, let's get back to Dr. Shaw and hear more on how quickly God's justice can descend upon the wicked. Here's our teacher. Justice is lonely. See, the wicked man thinks he has friends. I'm sure Haman thought, he thought, you know, before this moment, he was the most well-connected man in the kingdom. He'd expressed that. After all, he got to sit at a meal with the king and the queen. Who else gets to sit at a meal with the king and the queen? Who gets raised to this position? If there was any person that was favored or any person that had friends, any person that was connected in the kingdom, it was Haman. But in a flash... In a moment, Haman was all by himself. In a moment, he had no friends. Justice is lonely. The wicked man thinks he has friends. But in the time of justice, all friends are gone. And you stand... Now, it's not just that all friends abandon you, but friends do abandon. In this moment, once people heard about Haman... The soldiers, the guards, who carefully let Mr. Haman into the king's room. The the, the very ones that treated him with honor and bowed down to him as he comes into the banquet with Queen Esther are putting a bag over his head and leading him out of the room. Everyone is distancing themselves from Haman at this moment. I would guess even his wife and his closest friends. And of course... Not only are they distancing themselves from Haman, but when you're standing before God's judgment bar, you have no one to represent you unless you have the Comforter, Jesus Christ. He's your only hope before the God of heaven. Otherwise, you stand alone. Satan won't be there to plead your cause. Your friends, your family can't be there to plead their cause. They also stand guilty before Him. Justice is lonely. Justice is also unrelenting. It's blind. You know, the, the old picture of blind justice. What do you mean by blind? It is emotionless. Justice doesn't look and say, Oh, I feel bad for you. I'm going to help you. Love does that. Mercy does that. Justice is not that way. Justice is emotionless. Justice does not say, well, respond with a more severe crime because of an outbreak of emotion. Justice looks at the law and administers the law's demands. It acts based upon the facts. And it always demands action. I don't know if you've ever used um, Oswald Chambers' My Utmost for His Highest. It's not a bad devotional to use at times. It just so happens that today, his theme for today was the law and the gospel. And here's what he says. 
The moral law, that's justice, does not consider our weaknesses as human beings. In fact, it does not take into account our heredity or our infirmities. It simply demands that we be absolutely moral. The moral law never changes, either for the highest of society or for the weakest in the world. It's enduring and eternally the same. The moral law, ordained by God, does not make itself weak to the weak by excusing our shortcomings. It remains absolute for all time and eternity. And if we are not aware of this, it's because we are less than alive. Once we do realize it, our life immediately becomes a fatal tragedy. I was once alive without the law, Paul says. But when, I, when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. The moment we realize this, the Spirit of God convicts us of sin until a person gets there and sees that there is no hope. The cross of Christ remains absurd to him. Conviction of sin always brings a fearful, confining sense of the law. It makes a person hopeless. The Apostle Paul's words are sold under sin. I, a guilty sinner, can never work to get right with God. It is impossible. There is only one way by which I can get right with God, and that is through the death of Jesus Christ. I must get rid of the underlying idea that I can ever be, be right with God because of my own obedience. Who of us could ever obey God to absolute perfection? We only begin to realize the power of the moral law once we see that it comes with a condition and a promise. So the, poor, the moral law here, justice, is unrelenting. And the only way out of justice is to beg for mercy. Justice is final. There comes a place where there's no turning back. Haman realizes that the king stands up. I, I, to me, there's great... Um, Restraint on the part of the king. He stands up and he walks out in the garden. He's so angry. And while he goes out in the garden, they would have these couches, you know, like a, a cushion that they would recline at as they would eat a meal like they were eating. And so there's reclining. And, and Haman loses all sense of propriety. And he throws himself on the couch upon which Queen Esther is sitting. And he's begging for his life. And he's begging that he could, be, that he could live. Now there's no sense of begging for mercy. It says, then the king returned out of the garden of the palace and Haman had fallen upon the bed where Esther was. And um, he was, let's go up. And Haman stood up to make a request for his life to Esther the queen for he saw that there was evil that determined against him. See, Haman is not begging for mercy. There's no sense of repentance. And that might not have gotten, it might have been too late for that anyway. All Haman sees is evil is determined against me. Something bad is coming against me and I need to beg for my life. It's not enough, folks, to beg to get out of the circumstances. You have to humble yourself. By the way, you know what humbling yourself says? I deserve it. I'm not being mistreated. It's not someone else's fault. It's not about that person or that person. It's not about what somebody else made me do or made me say and who made me angry and why I responded. It isn't about Mordecai. Repentance says, it's me. I am a sinner in the presence of a holy God. And I deserve what is coming to me. And the only way out of this is if perchance I could receive mercy. But in the end, justice is final. There's no turning back. 
maybe the symbol of no turning back with Haman was when they covered his face. The bag went over his head and they let him out. And Harbona, the king's chamberlain, says to the king, see that gallows? Haman, all of a sudden everything makes sense here. All of a sudden, all of this stuff, this injustice that is going on behind the scenes and, and the, the, the terrible punishment that was coming for Haman, all of this stuff that was going on in the scenes, now all of a sudden everything makes, makes sense. And Harbona says, see the gallows there? Haman was preparing to hang Mordecai that we've already seen as a just man. And the king says, hang him. And so they did. And for Haman, at this moment, it's all over. No doubt, not only for this life, but he exited this life into eternal punishment. And Haman today suffers in hell for his crimes. Our teacher will be back in a moment to summarize the lessons we learned from this portion of the book of Esther and how swiftly God's justice descends when the Lord makes his move. You're listening to Dare to Stand, a radio ministry outreach of Northwest Valley Baptist Church in Glendale, Arizona, where our teacher, Dr. Kevin Shaw, serves as senior pastor. Northwest Valley Baptist Church is located at 4030 West Yorkshire Drive in Glendale. That's just south of the 101 at 40th Avenue. Sunday worship service is at 9.30 a.m. Adult Bible studies and Sunday school for all ages are at 11 a.m. And Sunday evening service is at 6 p.m. Child care is provided for all services. Wednesday evening activities include prayer meetings, children's and teens programs. Northwest Valley Baptist Church also offers a quality traditional Christian education for your children, grades K-12, through at Arrowhead Christian Academy, located right on the church property at 40th Avenue and Yorkshire Drive. For more details about the church, kids' programs, this radio broadcast, or to register your kids for Arrowhead Christian Academy, please visit www.daretostand.org or call 623-581-3115. If you enjoyed listening to this radio program, please consider supporting Dare to Stand with a tax-deductible donation of any amount. Visit daretostand.org and follow the link to the church website where you can also download free copies of Pastor Shaw's sermons. Call us at Northwest and let us minister to you personally in any way we can. Call 623 623- 581-3115 today. Remember, you can listen to Dare to Stand Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. on this same station. And you are always welcome to visit Northwest Valley Baptist Church in person for Sunday morning service at 9.30 a.m. and Sunday evening teaching and discipleship at 6 p.m. I'm Celeste Montague. Please join us next time as we continue our study in the book of Esther. And now, here's Dr. Shaw to close our time together with some lessons that we learn from the book of Esther. We'll see you next time for more, right here on Dare to Stand. What are the lessons we learned? The first one is this. If you've not trusted Jesus Christ as Savior, if you've not got on your knees and claimed the blood of Jesus Christ and begged for mercy, repent now before it's too late. Get saved. 
Also, I think there's a secondary thing here. God does not take, take it lightly when someone damages his children. And when you, out of your pride or out of your arrogance or because of some sort of vindictiveness, do evil upon other believers, remember something, those are the children of God and God does not take that lightly. And the last thing is almost always this. A fool demands justice. A wise man begs for mercy.